Welcome to DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. I'm Serena Wilson, a program manager at DCS, and I'm your host for this edition. Today I'm in Nashville with Mary Rolando, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Innovation Director at the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. Ms. Rolando came to DCS from Vanderbilt University's Center of Excellence for Children and Youth in or at risk of state custody, where she was responsible for the external review of DCS's Quality Service Review Program and High Reliability Organizing Learning Collaborative. While there, she served as a representative to the Council on Children's Mental Health, Tennessee Autism Summit Team, Infant Mental Health Initiative, and the Tennessee Integrated Court Screening and Referral Project. Mary has served many years uh, for state government, uh, starting with Governor Dunn. Um, so uh, it's very exciting to have uh, such a, a public servant with such experience um, in the many programs. Um, I've had the privilege to work with Ms. Rolando through the building, building Strong Brains program, and I'm familiar with her work with adverse childhood experiences and working with um, Governor Bill Haslam and also Jim Henry, supporting these efforts throughout the state and even in on a national stage. So welcome, Mary. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here too. Wonderful. Um, so tell our listeners um, some things they should know about adverse childhood experiences. I think at this point, um, almost everyone is aware that um, adverse childhood experiences does refer to the effect of uh, trauma, which it, when experienced for a sufficient duration and intensity prior to the age of 18, is highly correlated with serious health problems as adults. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about that much, but I do want to point out that what we need to internalize is that um, adverse childhood experiences are fact, not fate. Mm -hmm. That there are many ways to um, address adversity. Uh, and then second, that what is an adverse experience for one child would not necessarily be an adverse experience for another. So the context in which um, children, youth, and young adults um, experience ACEs um, has to be, um, is unique to them, mm -hmm. even though that we know there are um, interventions that can be generalized um, that are um, useful. And so while not all ACEs are preventable, we do know that uh, one can build uh, resilience. They are skills that say when something happens that is not pleasant or is traumatic um, or is adverse, that one has the capacity to um, reconcile one's behavior to what is going on and to uh, minimize uh, the effect of that. That's certainly what we want to have happen. I think the concept there is particularly important with what we do in the Department of Children's Services relative to foster care. Sure. Many children, of course, are coming into foster care because of the adversities that are occurring in their um, 
family or home units. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of helping children to overcome that adversity is really the key function of foster parents in many ways. Um, we know that. And then um, particularly, I think it is uh, germane with the um, uh, relative caregiver program. Sure. Because when one is able to keep a child with a relative who establishes a good relationship with them and sustains the bridge or is the bridge to the connection with their family, that's mm -hmm. really a good approach to saying all will be well, if it will be, yeah. and um, and to build on that capacity. So I think the key things are fact not fate, that we can intervene, resilience is important, and it certainly is key in the work that, that um, the department does with child welfare. Absolutely, and I know you've worked with our health and well-being department, and I've seen um, a tremendous focus in the past several years on well-being, on normal activities, and Absolutely. these are those types of protective factors that we can put in place to build resiliency. Oh, that's exactly right. The, I mean, the foundation is that that um, is something that you've identified, um, which is normalizing the experience that children have. Uh, as a way to, you know, overcome adversity and to um, help children realize that they're not alone. Everybody needs somebody in their corner. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that Adverse Childhood Experiences has helped me with and others with and child welfare is understanding the behaviors yes. of children and youth, that trauma may impact behavior um, and not asking what's wrong with you, but what happened to you that has become the mantra there's no there's no doubt about it I think that some of the um, key things from building strong brains Tennessee has been uh, that we really do need to make the most of periods of brain um, plasticity when yeah. the brain is growing and developing very quickly in children um, youth and young adults in fact we changed our mission uh, for Building Strong Brains Tennessee some time ago mm. to expand it from being the application of brain science to um, children to being to children, youth, and young adults because we wanted to communicate clearly that, you know, even though we know that brain development is most rapid between the ages of prenatal and three years when the cells are connecting at, like, a million per second, yeah, which yeah. is actually new information. It used to be said 700,000 you know, cells per second. We now know that it's a million. Wow. We wanted also then to um, focus on particularly with youth, adolescents, um, executive functioning, and knowing that it is really important, and this particularly is important, I think, um, to the services that are provided in DCS and in schools mm -hmm. and the like, because with youth, um, it's really important to be developing executive functions, that yes. capacity to multitask, to remember mm -hmm. multiple steps, to set priorities, um, and to be able to filter out the extraneous things that are going on. And then with um, young adults, uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to focus on that is, again, we don't want anyone to think that it's just one and done. Mm -hmm. And so where... Uh, we think of young adults as gaining their independence um, and going on and spreading their wings. Certainly one wants that to happen, but at the same time, 
there's clear recognition that with brain development that it is important to continue to support youngsters. That's one of the reasons that extension of foster care is right. so important. Absolutely. Because a young person gets out there, they realize, wait a minute, I do still need um, some support. Sure. And so, um, again, everybody needs somebody in their corner, mm-hmm. need those safe, stable, and nurturing environments. And so I think a second key um, is that everyone has a role. And, um, and so that's why uh, we have focused um, not just on child welfare, not just on education, but all the sectors that contribute to the quality of life. So under Building Strong Brains Tennessee, we address ourselves to the faith-based community, to mm-hmm. higher education and academia. How do we increase the professional capacity sure. of those who are going to go out and work with children? Yes. Um, certainly education and early child, uh, child care. Certainly child welfare, um, substance abuse, juvenile justice and also media, how do yeah. media treat um, or express what it is that are going on with young people, the judicial system, mm-hmm. business. We've got a long way to go, but Absolutely. I think the point is that we know that there will never be enough social supports and interventions, um, and so we must address ourselves to a, a second form of ACEs adverse conditions of the environment. Mm. How is it that we address those big issues that are or that contribute to ACEs? Uh, It's for that reason that we put some resources into the 15 counties that have been identified as economically distressed in order to show that not only is it important to do um, employee or workforce development to bring in businesses, Mm -hmm. But we've got to look at the little bitty ones in these um, distressed counties and say, how can we improve the likelihood of their futures as contributors to the state? And then also, I'm so encouraged about Family First at the federal level and its application in Tennessee because the very notion of prevention is Mm -hmm. key to the success of that. um, I am so appreciative of the quality of the child welfare system that we support here in Tennessee. It's recognized across the nation. It really is. It is. And Mm -hmm. for that, we, you know, can be so appreciative of the work that's being done today and the foundation that was laid for that. And now it's a springboard for us to do really well with families first with the notion of building strong brains um, as a vehicle to help accomplish that. Right. Um, in the future. And, and you then, were, you were telling me earlier about a platform on which uh, Jim Henry was at a national yeah. uh, committee right. and was talking to Building Strong Brains and yeah. what we've done here in Tennessee. What well, was that experience well, it like? Well, it was very cool. Um, yeah. Tennessee, um, with Jim Henry as a representative, mm-hmm. was invited by um, Elijah Cummins, mm-hmm. the now deceased um, uh, chair of the Oversight and Reform Committee, to who has bring, a tremendous history in oh, the yeah. civil rights movement and, oh, and, and public service. In public service, exactly. And basically, um, Jim Henry was asked to address how it is that Tennessee moved from a conceptual framework to address ACEs, to getting traction. Mm-hmm. And um, clearly, the, the assets 
that have been associated with building strong brains has included leadership because with the support that was provided initially by the Haslam administration mm -hmm. and which is now being continued uh, through the Lee administration yes. with recurring funds was a key. Mm -hmm. A second was the um, community was willing to step up to the plate. Right. We would not be in the position that we are if the communities were not ready to come up with true community solutions. We've had um, the support of um, uh, resources, yeah. um, state appropriations, uh, the support of like the Casey family um, mm -hmm. programs of, of um, the um, uh, health, uh, what is it? It's a health initiative. Yeah, yeah. so, mm -hmm. um, and then the relationship with the Frameworks Institute, which oh, helped yeah. us to establish the, you know, the values and the metaphors that have guided the, the common communication approach mm -hmm. that has been taken. So we have enjoyed many factors that have permitted Tennessee to be among the leaders um, in the nation and certainly as a state um, for it was appropriate for Jim Henry to be asked to, you know, to, to bring this to the level of a congressional hearing right. that was bipartisan in its support, mm -hmm. which I think makes the point that um, everyone wants children, um, youth, and young adults to thrive. It's not a political issue. It's a it's a human issue. It is a human wish yeah. issue. Well said. And um, yeah, I've you know in my community here in Davidson County, I've seen it happen with Judge Sheila Calloway Absolutely. in her court system. She has implemented this in juvenile court. Absolutely. We've seen it in trauma-informed schools with the work of Matthew Portell. He has yeah. people moving from out of state to be in his school zone exactly. because his school has implemented right. um, what we're learning in through ACEs and yeah. building strong brains and these types of things. Oh, you're right. And, so, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the um, movement in Tennessee mm -hmm. really is a function of our having resources. I have to admit that from the very beginning, um, a, a strong commitment. Right. The commitment of state government to lead out on this has been exemplary. Yeah. Uh, we do get approached by many states about how this has been accomplished. But from the very beginning, we knew that while the um, state support was important, it was the private sector for the most part that was going to accomplish this and other mm -hmm. aspects of the, um, of the public sector to include the courts. Right. So um, it's important now that the safe baby courts are being mm -hmm. developed. They certainly are uh, a key to um, establishing safe stable and nurturing environments for the little ones very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, which you're kind of uh, bringing up a topic I wanted to talk about, and that's about the partnerships that yeah. DCS has had with um, many organizations and particularly um, TCCY, Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. It's been tremendous. Yeah. Um, and at the time that um, there was the suggestion that we would have what we now call the public sector steering group that's mm. comprised of the of uh, ranking people from each of the child serving departments, including the Department of Education and Ten Care, which are key since oh, yeah. they are so important in every person's life. Mm -hmm. um, but also the private sector, 
uh, it was, again, in recognition that community solutions were going to be key. Mm -hmm. The role that TCCY has played in particular has been twofold. One is that uh, it has taken the leadership role in training. I mentioned mm -hmm. the Frameworks Institute earlier. They um, worked with us very, very effectively, as did the Harvard Center on the Developing Child, to come up with an approach to do the Building Strong Brains training that many people in this department are familiar with. Yeah. We've now reached, um, and there are, uh, there are people here in the department, including yourself, mm -hmm. who are well qualified to do this training and even mm -hmm. great in-depth training. We've now reached over, right at a thousand people um, in all walks of life uh, throughout Tennessee, and the reach is now at just under 50,000 people. Wow. When you have that number of people who are communicating with common language about mm -hmm. the experience of children, youth, and young adults, and you know the capacity to do, you know, uh, build brains, then yeah. you're you start to make headway. So TCCY's leadership on training has just been an exponential contributor to the effectiveness of Building Strong Brains Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then second, it is that when we conceptualized how to move forward with this very early on, in fact mm -hmm. it would have been the winter of 2015-2016, uh, mm -hmm. we talked about knowledge mobilization. Hmm. And that is, how do you take what one has learned and spread it into community? Right. Training is certainly one, but the other then is how do you get communities taking action? And so we um, constructed, if you will, the early concepts of using the TCCY uh, regional um, geographic boundaries as a way to approach this because they yeah. do correspond to the um, uh, the development districts of the state mm -hmm. and there's a regional person who has a responsibility to do community work through TCCY so it's those two key things that have been I think really good contributors right. however I do want to say that um, that the role of both uh, Department of Education and ten care have been the roles have mm -hmm. been uh, seminal yeah. to our achieving uh, some really key things mm -hmm. that um, that I think hold the state in good position now and for the future. I, yes, I agree. And um, yeah, just disseminating this information and it's the communication has been done so well because it's, they use those metaphors, yeah. but it's very relatable for people from all walks of life. And so it's wonderful that social workers, public health, educators have this common language exactly. and they're able to communicate. So it's been a wonderful development for professionals um, as well as um, just citizens to be able to have this communication. Well, that's really good to hear that that's your takeaway from it. Mm -hmm. Because as we've described it, um, uh, yourself included, I mean, if you've got 15 minutes for an elevator speech, you want yeah. the... You know, you want the CEO of a business to be able to understand something about um, early childhood development and brain development, even if they know nothing about trauma and mm -hmm. like people think they know about, you know, toxic um, uh, experiences and the like. But nonetheless, um, it's really uh, gratifying to it know is. that uh, so many people have internalized these really important uh, concepts and can use them in just everyday uh, conversation.
Agreed, agreed. So uh, thank you for all of that information, but I'm interested, just tell me a little bit about your your personal drive or your passion oh, or wow. how you kind of stay motivated for the work you do. Uh, it's a privilege to do this work. And I think that um, one of the things about it is that we, um, at the very inception of this, we heard two mayors, the city mayor and the county mayor, of Memphis Shelby County, which, mm -hmm. and I have to put a big spotlight on Memphis Shelby County for taking a leadership position very early on um, uh, to address ACEs. Mm -hmm. And both of those mayors said, we cannot afford to lose another generation of children. Wow. And so it was on that basis then that one said, all right, what can be done? And I give a lot of credit to former First Lady Chrissy Haslam mm -hmm. for saying, all right, now you know what can you do and um, so um, it was that uh, people internalized that there really were ways to prevent and mitigate adverse childhood experiences I had a friend once who looked at the license plate that said children first and said well what does that mean right and I think the matter is that now we can define what it means to put children first in a way that doesn't disadvantage anyone else but rather contributes to all of our collective well-being and advances that. Absolutely. So I think that it is that opportunity to uh, look at the uh, ways mm -hmm. that we can say there are so many good things going on, how can we make them better that mm -hmm. really uh, keeps me in my seat uh, and it's, it is a privilege. Right. I um, put high on a pedestal the frontline workers of every state agency. Sure, um, absolutely. Who are, you know, doing all the things that uh, one must do to make sure that families are getting the supports that, um, that are needed and mm -hmm. wanted. At the same time, uh, to be able to say, aha, let's use those mechanisms to get ahead of the problems is um, really quite uh, a responsibility that one must take seriously mm -hmm. and um, enjoy the fruits of that labor. Right. So I think that's what motivates me is that we, yeah. we're moving the dial. Right, and and it's the goal of building resilient communities. Yep. Exactly. So our own community and the community at large. So, Absolutely. Yeah, love this work. So if our listeners were interested in learning more about adverse childhood experiences or building strong brains, um, what would be a resource for them? We've got a good bit of information on the DCS website um, uh, under community. Okay. And it's listed as uh, Building Strong Brains Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then on the TCCY website, there is some similar information and some different information supplementing uh, what we have. Um, and then the other thing that I would call attention to on the, the department's website is that we do post a description of the, it was 35 uh, community innovations that we have funded. This year we right. funded 25. And the reason I mention that is that 
uh, all of us are strong supporters of evidence-based practices, uh, evidence-informed practices, and know that that's key to moving systems forward. But we also have had the opportunity to fund innovation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we have learned um, through and with the Harvard Center on the Developing Child mm -hmm. is that if one doesn't have the opportunity to innovate, one never builds up to a point where you have an evidence-based um, approach. Right. And so there are some really yeah. cool things that we are able to describe, even funding um, an employment pro or a, a, a workforce project in Upper East. Wow. Uh, we uh, got to fund Frozen Head State Parks oh, uh, this year huh. uh, for something that they're doing. And then another project that's in East, uh, Rural Resources, which is basically a farm-to-table hmm. um, learning experience for economically disadvantaged youth. That's really interesting. So I encourage people to look at the website um, and to come up with their own ideas because right. DCS um, and the other state agencies, but particularly uh, DCS, has the opportunity to weave um, all of our efforts into the larger community and yeah. to come up with the ideas that you know, we may be able to support with real dollars in the future. Right, and and perhaps we can even take advantage of some of the uh, services and oh, ideas that are out there, oh, yeah. too. Oh, absolutely. So, we encourage that. Yeah. Um, so wonderful, wonderful. Um, well, thank you again, Miss Rolando. I really appreciate you providing this information with us today. And um, I, you know, I... Um, I'm a big supporter and advocate for building strong yes. brains and the work Thank that so we're all involved that. in. And um, I hope our listeners are, are have a spark an idea yeah. um, and look into this and gather some ideas of their own. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it, too. Yes. And so thank you, listener, for joining us on this November 2019 edition of DCS Talks. In the upcoming months, we'll, we will invite other subject matter experts like Mary Rolando to discuss important topics in child welfare. Join us again soon.